Welcome to the WeChat Divorce Podcast, conversations about real people, real situations, and real divorce, where your hosts, Karen Shalou and Katherine Shanahan, co-founders of My Divorce Solution, share their personal and professional experience to demystify the big business of divorce. Hello, everyone. Welcome to WeChat Divorce. First of all, this is kind of a big day here in the office because it's Catherine's birthday. Happy birthday, Catherine. Thank you. It's a good year. It's an even number. That's awesome. And you got to eat lunch. We do allow lunches on birthdays. That's well, all good. Let's, let's not define lunch. <laughs> we had food. How about that? <laughs> But speaking of birthdays, and now that we've survived Thanksgiving, I think we want to talk today about holidays and how you approach those as you're going through the divorce process, or if it's your first one or your fifth one, because holidays, birthdays, vacations, all of those former family events have to be kind of redefined. And it's an ongoing question and an ongoing conversation so it's interesting because when you're in an unhappy marriage and the holidays come, they can be stressful because you're fighting over something or you're pretending to be happy. And in your head, you keep thinking, well, gosh, I can't wait for the divorce finally gets here because then I'll get to have my own holidays. Well, it's not that first holiday that it's all cheery. You know, it takes time to get through it. It's not just, okay, we're divorced and it's going to be easier now. Or you could have been having nice holidays when you were married and that's the only time it was nice. But then the holidays come and now you don't know what to do because you don't, you don't think they're going to be as nice. Right. And whether you have kids or not, so let's say you don't have kids, you're still facing the holidays in a different way, whether it's no longer with your in-laws or that extended family and what do you what do you do and how do you make new holidays for yourself or how do you establish new holidays for yourself when your children are with your ex-husband or your ex-wife? It's, it's highly challenging. I remember my first Thanksgiving after the divorce or not necessarily after the divorce, but after we had the custody arrangements set in place and it was not my year to have Thanksgiving with the kids and they were very young. So it was a very challenging day. My family lives out of state, so I was pretty much by myself the entire day, which was neither here nor there. I, I knew that that was coming. It was hard, but it was what it was. However, the kids came home on Saturday and reported to me that they had been at my baby sister's house, in which is about an hour, which was about an hour away, and. I didn't go there for Thanksgiving. They didn't invite me, and I don't know why. <clears throat> Wait, so they were supposed to be with their dad, and you were alone, and now they're reporting to you that they went to your family's house, your younger sister's house. My younger sister's you. house, and my husband was obviously wow. invited mm -hmm. there. So that really set me back on my heels, wondering wow, what does the future hold? It did take my family some time to kind of 
understand our divorce and come to terms with it. I, so did your sister call you that day? Did she tell you that they no, were or no. afterwards? Wow. No. I was in a situation where my family didn't really support the divorce, probably more for religious reasons than anything. Um, but, and I'm not even looking back, I'm not even sure how that all transpired because I don't necessarily remember being in a disagreement, but I just remember thinking, just feeling betrayed on right. I was going to say a couple levels a sense of betrayal there. As, right. And the kids were clueless. They were while well, we were at you know Auntie's house and we had a great time and we missed you. So that was a highly challenging first holiday for me. And I'm sure many people would have similar stories about how they manage through whether it's you know, being in very uncomfortable situations for the kids' sakes or, um, you know, just kind of being alone and not falling apart. Well, that's a really challenging issue because now it is, you're thinking about the sense of betrayal and who do you express it to because you're happy your kids had a nice time. So not only do you have to get over the holiday itself, but now it extends beyond the holiday, which is, does your sister really have your back? And did she ever have your back? And will she have your back? Yeah. And I think the holidays, people get really upset. We're going to miss that side of the family and then to miss your own side of the family mm-hmm. moving forward. How do you get over that? And how do you just let it go and move on to the next holiday? Will it happen again? Because now you're always questioning every holiday. So a lot of people right now I'm finding are asking, what do I do? Do I show up for the kids' sake? Do I just stay away because it's so uncomfortable? And I do believe every situation is unique into itself, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. I mean, even with my own situation, my children didn't go to the dad's house for Christmas because they didn't like the living arrangements that were going on there. Mm -hmm. Um, And they would always go out to dinner Christmas Eve. And then he would ask if he, he didn't ask, they asked, can dad come over after dinner to open our gifts with him? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't the gifts that they were getting for me. They were the gifts that he bought for them. And I, of course, you know, I swallowed my pride and I sucked it in and I said, yes, of course, come over. Mm-hmm. And I would put some wine and cheese out for him and his dad and watch him opening the extravagant gifts that he would get them mm-hmm. and just say, wow, that's great. How nice. How nice. And part of me inside was breaking down a little bit but you know Mm -hmm. you just sit there and say it's all for your kids it's all for your kids but Mm -hmm. let's be honest how many times can we all say it's all for your kids yeah and at some point I feel like emotionally you have to be ready for that step and if you're not it doesn't benefit anyone for you to be there so uncomfortable but I guess if you were comfortable enough that you could do that and make the kids feel comfortable, then it was worth doing. But if you were there choking tears and having a lot of negative energy, that wouldn't have been good for anybody. No, I didn't didn't cry or any, you know, I didn't cry or let those emotions out. However, you know, we did that for six years. And last year when he left, my daughter said something to the effect of, well, that was uncomfortable. And I said, why? And she said, you know, mom, sometimes you and dad make these little comments and it makes us uncomfortable. And 
I didn't really realize that we made these little comments that made them uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So even though we're sitting there all nice and doing the oohs and ahs of the gifts, I guess some of my snide little remarks or his back about something in the past or something, mm-hmm. they really honed in on it. And they're older. They're young adult children. So I had to really reflect and say to myself, wow, self. So you have careful. to really figure out how good it is for the kids then. Right. Yeah. Well, hopefully that's finished. We don't do that anymore. Yeah. But if I'm giving anyone else advice. Yeah. I think it worked out well because it gave them a place to open their gifts and just unwind. Mm -hmm. But if I were to do it over again for the next six years, I would really be conscious of what I was saying. And those little undertoned remarks, although not aggressive Mm -hmm. and not filled with tears or hatred in any way, shape or form, Mm -hmm. the way they came across was being perceived by my children as something that was uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, for us, it really worked. We we didn't have the type of relationship where we could be under the same roof for many years. It's a different relationship now and everything is fine, but the kids were young. It was a very um, high, high um, tension custody battle. So it was really rough. But what we were able to do is we didn't necessarily switch out. So one year Christmas with dad and one year Christmas with mom and one year this and one year that. We, we split the holiday so that the kids could count on every Christmas Eve with mom and every Christmas day with dad. So I think that made it easier for our family mm-hmm. um, because then you could still establish those traditions and we still carry them through. And to this day, they're old, they're independent kids old they don't live at home anymore but they still honor the traditions of Christmas Eve with mom and Christmas Day with dad so I think that's good that's good well they had the consistency and it worked yeah and we did the same thing we didn't have a real set agreement other than I would say ask dad if he has plans for Christmas Eve to do something or Christmas it doesn't matter to me I'll take either Mm -hmm. day it's fine with me yeah and I do know other families that will take they actually split it a week, the week. So they either get from oh. when school is over until the day after Christmas mm-hmm. with one parent, and then from the day after Christmas through New Year's Day with the other parent, and the next year it flip-flops, mm-hmm. you know. And my only caution to that is, you know, it's, some people feel Christmas is one of the most emotional days for them. Or I Hanukkah did. Or Christmas morning. I don't know if I could have survived a Christmas morning. So it's nice to be able to say to your kids, if you want to go see mom today, go see her. If you live close enough that you can make that quick little arrangement, even though it's not supposed to be their day. And I say that with any holiday or any visitation schedule. I always say, if something's coming up and, you know, think of the other parent. Yeah. And I think you were in a position that you could say that because you're that relationship allowed for that. In a situation like mine, I think it was really important that we held fast to our schedule so that the kids didn't get stuck in the middle because they certainly could have easily been stuck in the middle. And then as they got older, then they could decide if you know they wanted more time at dad's or mom's or whatever the case may be according to their schedule. Which also holds true for when you stay married. You know, they say children need guidelines. They need mm-hmm. rules. And, you know, it helps for raising your children. Yeah. So it's the same thing in divorce. You know, having that guideline and having those set rules really helped your children know that they didn't need to make the decision 
right. this was the rule. And even though they wanted to be with mom, they had to be with dad. Yeah. But being with dad, they benefited because they got to see him, even mm-hmm. if they were mad at him, and vice versa. You yeah. know, mom's being mean, but I have to go. And a lot of those times they really do want to go, but because yeah. they're mad at you or they think you're mm-hmm. being mean, they'll act like they don't want to go. Yeah. Like I'm only here because the rules <laughs> so says true. it, you know? Yeah. And it's the same thing if you are married. So if you can remember to keep that frame of mind through the process yeah, and parent the way you would either way. Yeah. I mean, that reminds me, I remember when my son was about 16 and he was at his dad's and for whatever reason, he was angry with me. And so he got dad on his side and, you know, they're talking about mom. So he calls me and yelling or whatever. He was upset with me. And he said, um, I'm just going to stay with dad for the summer. So, of course, in my heart, I'm crying, mm-hmm. falling apart. Oh, no, I'm a terrible mom. But I said to him, you do what you feel is best for you. You know, do it. So he came home, got his stuff, and went back to dad's. Within 24 hours, he was calling me. No, he wasn't back. He was calling me, Mom, I want to come home. And you know what I said? No, you committed to being there this summer. You made him stay this summer? I made him stay this summer. He was working for his dad. He never, never pulled that again. (laughs) That was a good lesson for him. Well, it was. And you know what? He was teetering back and forth. And I knew if I let him come back at his age, he was 16. Remember, he's 16. He's got a driver's license. Mm -hmm. He's independent. And if he could kind of pull that between mom and dad, nobody, it wasn't going to be good for anybody. So it was really, really hard. And I remember him coming back being just so grateful to be home. And he, he's never challenged me on that. He's never told me that that was a negative thing in his life. So I'm happy about that because you always wonder, oh, I don't know if this is a good decision. It was probably a defining moment for him because we all know that when you get divorced, your kids, our kids are smart. Yeah, they are smart. And they're going to play one parent against the other Mm -hmm. whenever it's to their benefit. Yeah. Um, But even when you're married, they'll do the same thing. Yeah. So if you... Holding still steady like that for you, I mean, kudos to you. That would be... I probably said, okay, come back because I want you to go back. (laughs) I did want him to come back, but the caveat there was he was working for his dad. Right. So, you know, it's a little bit more of a complicated situation, but yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. He didn't like the rules at mom's house. And so he was Mm -hmm. challenging those. And I respect that, but maybe the rules aren't so bad. Right. You know, the rules are good. Yeah. So. I think what we all like to consider is what we wish we would have known. Know that whether your kids are with you or not with you, they're thinking of you. They love you. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's a day, a moment in time. And so we all say it's n- never really about the quantity of time. It's the quality of time. So create your new traditions or your new moments or new experiences and build on those. Mm-hmm. And you'll too look forward to that new experience as well. I mean, I'm seven years out now and I started enjoying my alone time to have my dinner for an hour or two. And then they came back, you know, so mm-hmm. you will survive it. It's, Embrace it. Embrace that this is your new norm Mm -hmm. and respect that 
they shouldn't make these decisions that you, you want them to have a nice experience with their, their, um, dad or Mm -hmm. mom, if it is, because that's what they need. Yeah. That's good. And just to add to that a little bit, I find myself reminding, or I found myself reminding myself as the kids were growing up that even though I didn't want to live with him anymore, it didn't negate the fact that I married him and that the children are product of our marriage. Mm -hmm. And so why would it help them for me to be negative about their father? It just doesn't help. I do have one thing though, and I, I, you know, it's always good to get our perspectives because I'm a stepmom and you were the mom whose children are the stepmom. So we really do provide a good insight Mm -hmm. to how both parties see. And now that I'm older and wiser and it's been, you know, 30 years later, I also get to empathize with the other side more than I would have during my marriage. You know, we've talked about this before. But on those, so things that I used to do when I had children, this could help people or not, but Santa would come in the morning. So my children's gifts would be towards the front of the tree. And then Santa's would put my three stepdaughters gifts towards the back of the tree. So my two children would see that their sisters, Santa also came to them. And I can remember one time my daughter saying, Mommy, why don't my sisters have as many presents from Santa? And I and they would have a lot. So mm-hmm. we, we definitely spoiled our children by giving them too many gifts at Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not that they didn't have a, it's not like they had one gift there. And I'm sure that my stepchildren would support me saying this. They they would be in agreement, I mean. And my ex was really give them a lot type of guy too. So there was a lot. Mm-hmm. And I used to say, well, because Santa goes to their mommy's house, too. So their other half of their gifts are at the mommy's house. And then my children would, I would I would bring some of their gifts upstairs because I didn't want to remind my stepchildren that their sister and brother were getting more here. Even mm-hmm. though they were getting the same because they were getting stuff at their mom's, it was different. It was still a different thing. So during all those 20 years, because the kids were little when I got together with them, I don't think they ever really felt that they weren't loved or weren't experiencing Christmas. They came over at one o'clock on Christmas, every Christmas. That's what their arrangement was. Mm -hmm. So they were always with their mom Christmas Eve, and they always woke up with their mom Christmas morning. But at one o'clock, we would pick them up, and they would have the rest of the day with us. So I don't, so what I would do is when after my, when my ex was picking them up, by the time that they got there, I had moved my kids stuff towards the back of the Mm -hmm. tree and I would bring half of their things upstairs and then I would put their gifts all out in the front of the tree and we would watch them open their gifts. So it never looked like they didn't have as much as my children did there. So I just, they always grew up knowing that this was how our family was going to work. Um, So I don't think all kids have that benefit. No, I don't think they no. do either. But but if you're listening to this and you're experiencing how do I handle my children and my stepchildren and make them feel like this is a place where um, we're all equal. Um, I know part of me struggled when I was younger saying, well, it's my right to get my kids more things and their mm-hmm. mom gets them things and she doesn't get my children things. Mm-hmm. So it's equal. But then I had to sit back and be mature enough to say, but I don't want them to feel like that when they're here. I don't want them to feel like my kids are getting, their sister and brother getting so much more than they are in this house because they don't really understand that. Yeah. So I had to say to the kids, 
let's just put it upstairs, you know, and they never, my children never questioned it. They yeah. just, and they never talked it. They really never said, look what I got. You know, yeah. it was never one of those things except for like their favorite toy. So if you're listening and this is going to be a Christmas where you have to start with a blended family, just in the back of your head say, whether I like this or not, how can I make sure that the kids feel loved mm-hmm. and that we're experiencing this holiday together? And it's really about being grateful that you have a blended family because in a way that is a gift. It is a gift. And I didn't really have to deal with any of that because for both of us, my and my ex, we didn't have other kids in the mix. So that was oh. different. But I think if I was going to reflect on what I wish I would have known was that no matter what, whether the kids were angry with me about house rules or whether they were at their dad's or whatever the case may be, that nothing could replace my love for them and their love for me, that that would always be a constant. And I think when you, as a mom, you always wonder, do they love me less? Will they love their stepmother more because she does these things with them that I don't do. So I'm terrible at crafts and my daughter's stepmother would do crafts and they loved animals and we didn't have animals. And I thought, oh my gosh, I, you know, I'm going to lose my kids. But as I look back now, I know that nothing, nothing could have ever changed their love for you. No, right. I'm, I'll always be their mom. Right. But I didn't know that in the moment and it was terrifying. And I didn't know in the moment that their mom was really upset that she probably just thought I look like the better person because they were bringing different gifts home that she wasn't able to give them being in a different financial position. I knew that she wasn't happy that they were getting more things from their dad, more expensive things. I did hear that. I could recall hearing that. Yeah. But you know, I never talked negatively about their mother to them. Mine was always, Oh, what'd you, what'd you get at your mommy's house? That's so fabulous. You know, and we did communicate a little bit. I remember, if we're thinking now, what are the big items that the kids want and to make sure which parent was getting it and not getting it. Yeah. Because you didn't want to embarrass the other parent by mm-hmm. by you both getting something that you searched for or you planned out or right. anything like that. But yeah. now, in hindsight, I probably would have been a little bit more conscious of, you know, let me think about how this mom is reacting yeah. And again, that's with maturity now, you know. Yeah, and it's not a competition, but in the moment you don't know that. Even if you don't really appreciate the behavior of the stepmom and what's well, going wait, on. Wait a minute, what do you say? What do you mean by that? Because it's not in competition. So if I go back to my twenty five year old self mm-hmm. or my twenty eight year old self, I should say. Yeah. And who's twenty twenty year olds, I mean, nobody really should be walking around with three stepchildren the way I was, well, but I did, right. that's Come what you do. but I, I mean, meaning maturity wise. Okay. Um, although I'm old and I'm considered an old soul. So I was more mature to be able to handle you that. Are but so mature. <laughs> I am an old soul for real now, but I'm 52 today. Yay. Um, I love the fifties, but is it really more competitive amongst the adults and not so much the kids? Oh, it's totally competitive amongst the yeah. adults. It totally is, but it, doesn't need to be if you can rely on the fact it's a fact that no matter what another relationship cannot affect your relationship you 
there's certain things you can do to make that happen. But if you're just who you are and you love them and you continue with that relationship, the mother-child relationship or their father-child relationship, another person can't change that. They may have a close relationship with another person, but that's I totally agree with that. I mean, and then when you grow up, then you're going to be a grandparent. Then these kids have so many grandparents. Talk about Mm -hmm. needing to be confident in who you are. So. So we all have to remember during this holiday season that our competition with the other adult involved is pointless Mm -hmm. because it doesn't matter what you give or what you get. It's how you behave that will make these children love you. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter if that other parent doesn't love you, but it does matter that you respect each other Mm -hmm. because without that, you're giving your kids the biggest disservice yeah, because they only know how to pattern behavior. And that's what they'll remember. That's all they they are going to pattern behavior. They'll forget the Barbie doll you went and searched for for five hours mm-hmm. or 10 hours, but they'll remember that you were not nice about their mom yeah. or you were not nice about their dad or you made them feel uncomfortable or unloved. That's what they'll remember. They'll never forget how you made them feel, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And we all have that ability with any relationship we have. So when you say Merry Christmas and you say Happy Hanukkah, let's remember the Merry and remember the Happy mm-hmm. and what they really represent. And what they say is, what do they say? Do unto others as you want done unto you. I love it. Yeah. And I always say, when you look back on your life at the end and you imagine yourself looking back, what will be important to you then? That really helps you keep Mm -hmm. things in check. Because people remember not always what you say, but they remember how you make them feel. Mm -hmm. And this is the season for loving. So we hope you all have a really great holiday. And just smile knowing that when you do the best that you can at the time you're doing it, and you do it from a place that's coming from the heart, that you can't go wrong. And it's enough. And it's enough. Happy holidays, everyone.